morning and welcome to the Red Ned Show, where it's always morning, even in the afternoon. I'm your host, Jay Edgar, and I'm joined once again by someone whose hair is almost as long as mine at this point, my wonderful co-host, Elaine. Elaine, how are we doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. I told you uh, over the weekend, if you keep doing these impulsive things, then uh, my hair is going to wind up longer than yours at some point. So, <laughs> uh, Yeah, if you guys um, missed it on social media, I got a sudden impulse to cut my hair short again and grab some kitchen scissors and went to town so oh you even did that are. yourself huh yeah i did <laughs> none of the uh none of the mask up thing and go out to the barber and uh do all that kind let's, of fun stuff let's just say curls hide a lot of mistakes <laughs> it's passable it's fine <laughs> well curls hide a lot of mistakes that's actually really good to know because uh i mean as you guys can probably see i have fairly curly hair and the last time it was long it uh you know we had surely tumble corkscrews going on at the end of it there so <laughs> i hope it comes out to be just a little bit straighter the next time but uh i'm not uh, making any promises here but we will see what happens awesome but with that i mean we've got a ton to get to today this week this was a uh, this was a crazy week uh, as far as everything else went. I was uh, just a little bit amazed by how much went on here, especially given the fact that we had a massive drone strike right in the middle of the news cycle that you and I run to. And then all of a sudden, mm -hmm. once CPAC popped on, it all but disappeared. So we've got, we're going to cover that. We're going to cover a bunch more here. So it's going to be, I don't Before even know my intro we anymore. Start, <laughs> yeah. We should talk about. Facebook getting mad at me. <laughs> we should, because we are streaming right now live to DLive, YouTube, Twitch, Periscope, my Facebook, and Trovo, but uh, not your Facebook. So but not my Facebook. Um, I got dinged on my personal profile for a meme that I posted in 2018 that was a bunch of midgets wearing SS uniforms, and it just said, they're only a little racist. And it was hilarious, of course. It was. But um, <laughs> but yeah, from two years ago. So I can't live stream for 30 days or advertise for 30 days. Not that I was doing any advertising, but it totally sucks that um, we can't live stream to the Facebook page for the next three or four weeks. So, boo. Yeah, that is kind of lame. And I mean, I've got the DLive up. We're ready to go looking into that and everything. But uh it's kind of lame because we had a good part of audience from over there. Um, I'm hoping everybody came in and joined us as we got started here. I'm not, uh, I don't even have the chat open right now, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, we've definitely got a few things to go along with that today. 
Uh, in addition to everywhere that we're streaming here, you can go back and catch us back on demand over on YouTube and over on BitChute.com. Over on the audio platforms, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify, you can catch us on any of those. Or you can go and bookmark our website, freedomscoop.com, and check us out once all the dust settles and we get our construction done. And I get our bios done, because guess who hasn't done that yet here? Once we get everything back up and running there, you can go over there, pick up some of our swag, and help us support great creators as well. So, uh, before we did get started into any of this, I wanted to throw a surprise meme up for you because I found it hilarious. Going on a little bit to what we talked about last week with everything going on with Texas here, I put this one in the Discord. I don't know if I put it in the Gilded, but I put it in the Discord here because I thought you guys would uh, enjoy this here. There it is. And it's Hank Hill. When you spend 13 seasons of your life telling Texans to switch to propane and no one listens, only to see 3.8 million of them lose electric power. Oh, <laughs> Hank tried so hard. <laughs> he did, and he sold propane and propane accessories. I looked at that meme and I said, that has got Harvey McLeod written all over it. I posted that meme on my Facebook for a couple weeks ago, like not long after it happened. Oh, I just found it uh, throughout the week here. So, yeah, it's... I thought that one was funny here, but we've got a bunch of other stuff to get to today, and we will talk just a bit about what's going on there, but we got to talk about there was a drone strike this week over mm -hmm. in Syria, and all of the left and all of the right all got pissed off at Biden because of it. I swear to God, he did find a way to unify the country. It's just the fact that they're all unified <laughs> and the fact that they fucking hate him. I keep going back to that one over and over again, but we'll talk a bit about what happened there and what some of the meaning is behind that and something else that happened right before that that most of the news media missed as well. I caught it and we're going to talk about it, so we'll catch up on that. The minimum wage argument drags on. The parliamentarian said that it's no longer admissible in a budget reconciliation bill, so now we're sitting back here and the filibuster people are pissed off about it. This would have normally been just a lightning round thing because we've talked about this to death, but there's actually some uh, procedural things going along with this. So I want to spend just a little bit of time on this. CPAC was this week and we saw the golden calf and we've all heard various portions of what the news media wants us to hear from the Trump speech. I'm actually, I started listening to it while I was organizing everything. I'm about halfway through it right now. So it's, it's a Trump speech. It is what it is. You know what it is. Okay. I don't have any video clips of that, but we'll talk just a bit about some of the stuff that was in there that the news media thought was important, and a few of the other speakers, and a particular statue that got drugged through the whole uh, convention hall as well. So we'll talk a bit about that. Uh, closing out the show, we'll talk a bit about Cuomo and his uh, new little bit of uh, troubles that he's going along with, and the detention centers that are... Now open for business once again. They're not cages, though. Trust me on that here. Going to round this out with a little bit of surprise stupidity tonight. And we will head on out of here once we are done. So, got a couple things I want to talk about quick before that. Just some catch up from some other things that we've looked at throughout the week. Starting with Biden is, uh, we talked about this being his Katrina. Well, after it's all nice and warm and 60 degrees in Texas, Biden is in Texas this past week surveying the weather damage. Uh, this is from the AP. Biden surveys Texas weather damage, encourages virus shots. So nothing about the fact that people lost power and lost a lot of stuff and are having to do home repairs and some people even died. But hey, go and get those shots. His frail bones can't take the cold. Yeah. Well, what do you mean? 
Am I taking a lid here? What's going on here? He should just take some of his hot air down there. He probably did because he was down there and he likes to talk about his hairy legs and everything else that went along with that. Oh. So. I didn't need a reminder of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you see this one out of Minneapolis this week? Minneapolis paying social media influencers to spread city-approved messaging during the I'm George Floyd trial. I sent it to you. <laughs> did you? Yes. <laughs> At least I posted it on my Twitter. Oh, did you? I didn't see it. I pulled it from the blaze this morning when I uh, started uh, doing my contemporary lineup. Mm. Yep. So, yeah, they're uh, going out and they're paying people to give that nice city-approved messaging going everywhere. Mm -hmm. So since you knew about this before I did, then uh, what, what's your take on this? Oh, it's just more like involuntary eye-twitching about government overreach and propaganda. Well, the government would never overreach. This is a free country, don't you remember? Ish. <laughs> Free-ish. <laughs> free adjacent. I'll be, I'll be too generous here. Uh, I got a story here that looks like it was almost completely missed this week because so many other things happened. This came to me courtesy of Mackenzie, Kenzie Puff, over on Twitter. Uh, the Federal Reserve suffered a widespread disruption to the payment services this week. Coming to us from CNN's Matt Egan, the Federal Reserve suffered a widespread disruption in multiple payment services on Wednesday, including a system that banks and businesses rely on to zip trillions of dollars around the financial system each day. After experiencing problems for several hours, the crucial payment system, known as Fedwire, because why wouldn't it be called Fedwire? resumed normal operations shortly before 3 p.m. Eastern Time, according to the Fed's website. Other Fed services are still down, however. This was as of Thursday. It looks like everything is back up at this point. But yeah, the um, this particular service shuttles more than $3 trillion daily between various banks and the Federal Reserve. So this was a pretty good-sized uh, hit. And Oh no, the Fed can't do anything. Whatever will we do? I mean, it's it does go a little bit beyond that, and it's just the thought of, okay, something went something like this went down, and the government and their accomplices in the news media did their desperate duty to try and cover it back up. What else would they do? <laughs> Don't they do that every time? Like this is predictable behavior. That's fair. It's like I said, it was surprising to me that it went almost completely unnoticed at this point. But well, yeah, because the media doesn't want to talk about that kind of stuff right now. If it was Trump that was still president, they'd be all over and they'd be talking about how it's a more proof that he's a failure and and Trump bad and mean tweets and nah, TDS everywhere, spewing everywhere. Yeah. But because it's Biden, they're like, let's do another fluff piece about Kamala's dog. Okay. Oh shit, she's got dogs too? I thought it was no, just- No, I have no idea. I just made that up. I thought it was just creepy uncle fucking sniffing diddle. <laughs> To paraphrase my good friend, the R-rated conservative. <laughs> um, speaking of the Donald here, the, uh, he had a loss in court this week. Uh, the Supreme Court has set the stage for the release of the tax returns. Um, mm. Any bets? After on, four years. Yeah. Well, any bets? Is, they're, they're not out for the public consumption is what they're supposed to be. They are only supposed to be taken to the Southern District of New York. But anybody want to take bets as to when the rest of them get leaked at this point? Yeah, they're definitely going to get leaked. There's no way that that's going to stay secret. 
So what it looks like is that Southern District of New York uh, has access to all tax records from 2011 to the present because of the Supreme Court ruling. Um, they are not for public consumption for any reason whatsoever. But, you know, once again, intrepid journalists with a investigative with a pen edge. and a phone, as Obama said, right? Are going to possibly get these out where other people can see them. So... That's something to watch for here as we come up. Uh, we got to talk about this guy. Where is it? There it is. This guy right here. Mr. Potato Head. Oh. Who is now no longer Mr. Potato Head. Well, actually, no, no, now no, he is again. Back. They took it back. They, they gifted his gender back to him. Because that's exactly how it works here. <laughs> The first thing I thought when I heard that story um, about them saying that Potato Head was going to be a genderless potato, I was like, now the Toy Story movies don't make sense. Because it was Mr. Potato Head, and then he got a wife. So then there was Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. And then the aliens they adopted were their children. Yeah, I remember that. The ones that that. came from the, the claw machine. They followed him around and they called him daddy. So I'm like, that totally screws with those movies <laughs> like well, how could you do that yeah i know and i mean toy story is my favorite pixar movie to date still i love toy story i love that whole series the whole series was great i never saw the third or the fourth one but i like the first one i really did yeah um the fourth one i think is when they are at the daycare i have no idea i can't remember All it's I the know one when andy it's the one when Andy goes to college. All I know is that there is a fourth one. Okay. And that's all that I know about that. But yes, they uh, they took his gender away. They gave it back. Did you? No, because you don't follow Styx's, uh, um YouTube. Because he had a hilarious take on this one. I laughed so hard when I listened to his video on this. And he pointed out the fact that how can, how can you actually give a gender to something that has an arm for a cock or various other organs and... <laughs> Various other orifices of his body. Well, and the other thing is, like, the origin of Mr. Potato Head. It, I think originally it was just called Potato Head. It wasn't called Mr. Potato Head. didn't have a gender. Mm-hmm. But it really wasn't a plastic potato. It was just the pieces. You had to provide your own potato. Oh, that I wasn't aware of. And you had to, like, stab the pieces into it to make your Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> this is, like, back in the 60s or something, like, when it first came out. <laughs> but, yeah, you had to provide your own potato and violently stab the appendages into the potato to make your Mr. Potato Head. Yeah, there. Uh, that's uh, that's an interesting take on that. I was uh, completely unaware of that and... You know, I should ask my parents about that because they would have probably been in Potato Head age about that time. I don't know if that's actually when it came out or if it was maybe the 50s. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, it was much creepier looking when it initially came out. Also, um, I think that the potato itself wasn't the whole body. Like, there was a body that came with it. Okay. So it had, like, this little doll body and then this giant potato head. Like, literally, the potato was the head. Because that's not more creepy. Yeah. 
So, um, and we got to transition and shift gears into something that's a little bit more depressing here. Um, this past week, video was released, of, and this happened all the way back in November, but it wasn't politically convenient to talk about anything like this anymore. But uh, apparently police in Orange County stopped a man for jaywalking, which I don't know why that's even a crime that would... That's that's the biggest problem I have with the story is the fact that this is a crime, and wound up shooting the guy. Let's have a look or listen to what this sounded like. This department has released a new video of a controversial deputy involved. Maybe. Dash cam video shows the two deputies stopping the man in San Clemente and accusing him of jaywalking. They try to get him to get back on the sidewalk, but he resists, repeatedly telling the deputies to stop touching him. The confrontation is off camera here. In, in cell phone video, though, you can see the two deputies finally tackle him. They take him to the ground where a struggle ensues, ending in the fatal shooting. One deputy claimed the man went for his gun. The family of 42-year-old Kurt Reinhold has filed a wrongful death claim, saying the deputies escalated the incident and used unreasonable and excessive deadly force. The Orange County DA and the Sheriff's Department continue to investigate the incident. So that's what we see from that. Um, there was another one that just came out too. Um, yeah, I saw that it, too. I didn't have it. It happened a couple months ago in Florida. Mm -hmm. A man was having a mental health incident and his family called them or he called oh them. Oh, and my oh my God. Oh my God. Sorry, I had to stop that one there. <laughs> that one's auto-playing. Um, and I hate to laugh because I'm about to, it's very tragic, but his mom literally watched them suffocate him the exact same way that they did George Floyd with their knee on his neck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was another one. So I'm not aware of the one from Florida, but there was another one that happened during the Texas freeze. So this one was actually recent where they mm -hmm. were stopping a guy and it was middle of the snow. There wasn't a car in sight. He was walking into a subdivision down the middle of the road and they stopped him mm -hmm. and they actually threw him in cuffs and arrested him. Yeah, because he was walking in the road and he was like, I don't want to walk on the sidewalk. It's covered in snow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this, this goes right on to the thing. And, you know, I'm not the kind of person that comes out and says that all police are bad people. I know that that's one of the libertarian planks is the ending of policing. But I'm not there. Just... Not necessarily the ending of policing, but like the demilitarization of it and and very serious um, criminal justice reforms that go along with it. Well, now, one of the things I've always said, too, is we have way too many laws. And that's a big part of the problem that we have here is that there's yes. so many laws where you can just get pop for walking down the middle of the street. There is I've, talked no about, I've talked about that before in some of my articles, you know, like reforming the criminal justice system, like the court system and the penal code and things like that, that have to do with um, like mandatory sentencing laws and qualified immunity and all of those things. Those reforms benefit people who have already come into contact with the criminal justice system. Mm -hmm. But if you don't gut the penal code, and make it so that you come into contact with law enforcement less often. Yes. You're not going to see a lot of difference there. Right. You're still going to see mass incarceration because cops are still going to have any myriad of laws that they can arrest you for, charge you, like whatever. So if you don't do both of those things, then it's only going to, 
it's only going to slow it down a little bit. It's not really going to reform anything long term. It is a step in the right direction if you did one or the other, but ultimately you have to do both. Well, and it's, I mean, for me, it's the same. The thing has frustrated me forever, and I'm a car guy, so this is part of the reason, and I've not always had cars that were completely bone stock. But the seatbelt thing, where they can just stop you because you're not wearing your seatbelt, and, oh, hey, let, <laughs> hey, let's look around your car for a little bit here. Yep. So. And now they're doing the same thing with using your phone while you're driving, like no texting and driving. Mm-hmm. So if they see you on your phone, they can pull you over and be like, what were you doing? Oh, well, now I'm going to check your car. Now, let me see your registration. Let me see your driver's license. Are you carrying any weapons? Do you have any drugs in the car? Oh, my my drug dog is alerting to something. I need to search your vehicle. Because they were pulled you over for holding your phone while driving. Mm-hmm. When you could have just been looking at your GPS. Come on. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So we had that happen. And that came out. And everybody was outraged for about five minutes. And then they forgot about it again. Uh, the average American attention span. Well, it's also not politically convenient right now. Keep that in mind. The worst part of that is that this ha- that happened back in November, after mm-hmm. all the St. George riots, mm-hmm. and just suddenly, mysteriously forgot we forgot about that as we were going into. I'm sorry, it happened in October, not November. And as we were going into election day, we we didn't want to see another riot. Yep. Remember Absolutely. how fast the Pennsylvania riots shut down? What Pennsylvania riots? There was a riot in Philly after the dude got nuts and started waving a knife at the cop and he got shot for his trouble. Oh, that's right. Like two days that's before right. election day. I forgot about that. Yeah, most of America did. Because <laughs> it disappeared so fast. Even me, someone who actually pays attention to the news. Uh, speaking of racially charged things, Liz Cheney decided that uh, she needed to raise an interesting point off of this, and I yelled about this when I read about this on Contemporary in the morning because Liz Cheney says, GOP needs to make it clear that we aren't the party of white supremacy. To which I say, fuck you, no matter what you do, they're going to call you the party of white supremacy. Like, you're not going to get away from that because they know they can control you out of this. Oh no, you better pass our, our, our new tax. Otherwise, we're going to call you a white supremacist. Oh no, you better pass this. Otherwise, we're going to call you a white supremacist. It has nothing to do with white supremacy anymore, but they're going to use that as a cudgel and a club. They do it to libertarians on Twitter. I see it all the time. Oh, you didn't vote. You, you think that people should be free. You're a white supremacist. I see that all the time. I mean, she isn't wrong, though, because there is a lot of that imagery associated with the far, far right. Um, There's like entire theories and articles and just all kinds of stuff about the the alt-right, you know, white supremacy, like that whole pipeline. Mm -hmm. And some people think it feeds into libertarianism, which I've never seen any evidence of that. There's people that claim that it exists, but that's that's completely the opposite of you know libertarian thought and belief but um but it definitely i think is present on the far right or the alt-right it is but that's not that's not the liz cheney wing of the right wing either liz cheney would rather just go bomb a bunch of brown people in the middle east and then claim it was for oil which is also kind of white supremacy in a way okay i'll give you that one I mean, isn't it? <laughs> like... 
But it can't be white supremacist, though, because Barack did it, too. Yeah, I don't like that she was like, isolationism is wrong and dangerous. Of course you would say that. You're Liz freaking Cheney. <laughs> well, and that's, like I said, it's it's never going to end. Like, you could come out and Liz Cheney could give her entire congressional paycheck to the NAACP and all of her lobbying kickbacks to other various black charities, and they would still call her a white supremacist. Mm-hmm. There is no win as far as that goes with them. I'm sorry to say it, but that's what it is. All right. What would the Red Ned show be hosting a show with Elaine Joan if we didn't get to listen to something from Rand Paul? Let me Wait, what? Let me get that uh Let me get that uh, Ron, uh, More like Ron up. Paul. What, no, is, this, what is this? No, this is Rand. What why the hell did it unload? I miss pre twenty sixteen Rand. Well, Rand got into a conversation that had absolutely nothing to do with a confirmation hearing, but a lot of people were still cheering him on for this year when he got to talk to Miss Rachel Levine. Let's have a listen. Okay. The question was about minors. Let's be a little more specific since you evaded the question. Do you support the government intervening to override the parent's consent to give a child puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and or amputation surgery of breasts and genitalia? You have said that you're willing to accelerate the protocols for street kids. I'm alarmed that poor kids with no parents who are homeless and distraught you would just go through this and allow that to happen to a minor. I would hope that you would have compassion for Kira Bell, who's a 23-year-old girl who was confused with her identity. At 14, she read on the internet about something about transsexuals. She thought, well, maybe that's what I am. She ended up getting these puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones. She had her breasts amputated. But here's what ultimately she says now. And this is a very insightful decision from someone who made a mistake but was led to believe this was a good thing by the medical community. I made a brash decision as a teenager, as a lot of teenagers do, trying to find confidence and happiness, except now the rest of my life will be negatively affected, she said, adding that the medicalized gender transitioning was a very temporary, superficial fix for a very complex identity issue. What I'm alarmed at is that you're not willing to say absolutely minors shouldn't be making decisions to amputate their breast or to amputate their genitalia. So, and it went on like that. There was uh, probably about 10 more minutes of conversation from uh, Mr. Paul over that. and He's not wrong. He's not, but once again, I don't know that this really had anything to do with the hearing that was at hand either. Maybe not. I I mean, I saw people getting upset about his comments, but I didn't look into the larger context of what it was. I did know it was a hearing, so I figured it had come up in questioning somehow. But um, yeah, he's not wrong, like, especially for kids who don't have parental figures in their lives. That typically means that they have experienced extreme trauma in their life. And I have written about trauma and mental health many times. And I've researched it because it has affected my life and my child's life. And it's, it's not right to allow that. It, I mean, as soon as he said government intervention, I knew that my answer was going to be no. Does government have the right? No, no, they do not. (laughs) Whatever came after that doesn't, nope, (laughs) no, they do not. (laughs) Like end of conversation. 
Um, but I, that doesn't mean that there aren't children or minors that have been expelled from their families because they believe that they are trans and that they shouldn't have access to healthcare. I do believe that they should have access to healthcare, but, um, to say that you're going to fast track it and, you know, potentially open the door for unintended consequences. I think government is really good at not paying attention to unintended consequences. So they should never be given the opportunity to do that more often. Like that should never be a thing. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, the biggest problem that I had with this is not the fact that he was asking the question because Honestly, like you said, we're coming into a situation now where somebody like that could be pushing for anything to come out of the federal government. That That is a definite possibility. The biggest problem I have with that is that wasn't the easiest low-hanging fruit to go after Rachel Levine over. She pulled her mother out of the nursing home before she stuck COVID patients in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would have been a much easier one to go. Yeah. So... That's that's what we saw from that. So mm-hmm. that's uh what else do I have over here? Oh, did you see that Twitter is going to be offering a premium service for some of its larger creators off of this? So not us. Possibly. Well maybe you, but not me. <laughs> Reading from The Verge, Twitter announces paid super follows to let you charge for tweets. Twitter announced a pair of big upcoming features today, the ability for users to charge their followers for access to additional content, and the ability to create and join groups based around specific interests. They're two of the more substantial changes to Twitter in a while, but they fit snugly into models that have been popular and successful on other social platforms. You will never have to pay money to read one of my tweets, whether I'm trolling or actually making some, well, rarely, but still profound statement. I will continue to shit post for free for your entertainment forever. <clears throat> Same. I will continue to do things like trash talk the ATF and tag them in it for your benefit and enjoyment for free. You're welcome. <laughs> well, essentially what they're talking about, though, with doing is kind of like some creators, like, I don't know, like the Daily Wire or the Blaze do, where they hide some of their stuff behind the paywall. So yeah. you have your regular payment system or your regular tweeting system going on, and then you can mark a tweet for behind the paywall. You can charge a four ninety nine a month subscription fee to see certain content, which I've said I'll never do that for my video series, so why the fuck would I do that for a tweet? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess the only reason I could see to maybe do it is not to, um, not for tweets, but like if I was going to put videos up, okay. like do live streams to Twitter and make those behind the paywall. Um, because that's an instant way to monetize your Twitter in a way that you can't on YouTube or some other platforms, because usually you have to grow to a certain size, uh, before they allow you to monetize. Mm-hmm. Facebook does that. YouTube does that. That's why so many creators like me use Patreon because it would take me years to get to the point where I could monetize on Facebook and they would keep dinging me for my content. Mm -hmm. And so why would I do that? Like, I mean, I'd rather just keep producing the content I want to produce and use a different payment processor. Yeah. That's, um, that's one of the things to go off with that. Um, the, the idea is kind of like going with, uh, maybe a a Patreon or an oldie fans, like, like Mm -hmm. you had said in, is it still your pinned tweet? 
I can't I remember what it was. The link tree? People. No. OnlyFans, but it's me biting people, and I can't remember who it was or what oh. the group was. <laughs> I said I should start an OnlyFans, but it's me biting people every time I say I'm, they're wasting my vote. Or I'm wasting my vote. That was what it was. It was wasting your vote. <laughs> I got a lot of comments. They were like, where do I sign up? <laughs> uh, well, look, else? if Julie Borowski can have an OnlyFans account where she wears a bikini and reads the U.S. Constitution, then there's hope for the platform yet. Wait, that exists? Mm-hmm. Hang on, we got to sign off for just a second. I got to go do something. <laughs> I mean, I could do that. Do you want me to read like the Federalist Papers or like, I mean, we could put that behind a paywall. Ah, <laughs> uh, I had this one here. I texted this out to you and then I almost forgot to put it into the notes, but I wanted to talk just a bit about this here because uh, John Durham has come up and said that he's going to retire. Durham probe, John Durham, is mysteriously going to be retiring. Huh. After Biden comes into office. That's coincidentally coincidental. In a coincidental way. Just a little bit. Uh, the Hill reports... I swear I've not been drinking. <laughs> the Hill reports John Durham, the U.S. Attorney for the District of Connecticut, is resigning his post effective midnight Sunday, the Justice Department announced on Friday. Durham, a Trump appointee, is also overseeing a special counsel probe into the start of the investigation into former President Trump alleged ties to Russia and is expected to stay on in that role. So he is staying on in that special investigation, but he's leaving all of the rest of his career behind. So mm -hmm. I don't know where that goes. And I do want to see the end of the Durham probe. I really do. And I do want to see if Kamala Harris starts up her probe into the Durham probe, because that would be an investigation into an investigation into an investigation. It just reminds me of the end of that Will Smith movie, Enemy of the State, where he, where he's talking to his wife about the government, like, oversight. And she's like, who's going to monitor the monitors of the monitors? <laughs> like, this is the exact same thing. This is what happens when you do anything at the federal level. They're literally just monitoring other monitors that are monitoring things. And yet I've got three monitors to this program sitting right out in front of me not that kind of monitor no i know i get it uh i got one here that'll probably bring a little smile to your face off uh how many how many collective fbi and nsa agents do you think are watching these every week well we're kind of a small following so i'm going to go with eight i think eight's going to be the magic number on that maybe if we get a little bit bigger it'll go up to 16 but i think it's going to be eight shout out in the chat if you're a fed <laughs> just saying uh, I got one here that'll possibly bring a smile to your face here. The Indiana House votes to eliminate license to carry a handgun in state. Since this is your home turf, tell me a little bit about this. I mean, it's a good decision. There's not really much else to say. We have reciprocals with a lot of other states in the area. I think the only one we don't have it with is Illinois because Illinois is dumb because Chicago. Yeah, it is an act of God to get recipro uh, reciprocity in Illinois. I know because I've had it. I've gone through it. it you can get a $65 um, concealed carry permit online in Tennessee that is that has reciprocity with Indiana and Kentucky. Mm -hmm. So House Bill 1369, which passed the House by a 65 to 31 vote and now heads to the Senate, repeals a law that requires a person to obtain a license to carry, uh, carry a handgun rather in Indiana, according to the Indianapolis Star. What do you think the chances are in the Senate? Um, I think it'll pass. 
I think the GOP is trying, I think the G the Indiana GOP is trying to redeem themselves because, um, because of the COVID response, because that didn't go over so well. And everyone was all at Eric Holcomb about it. Oh crap. I should be looking at the documents and not, uh, what I have going here. Cause I think I had another one here that I just, that I missed while we were doing this. Let me double check. I might not have. No, that was the Rand Paul one. Never mind. Okay. I didn't miss it. So, what else do we have here? We've got a couple other things. Um, oh, yeah, I was going to ask you on this here. The only thing I'm concerned about with that passing the Senate is that licenses carry fees for the government. Yeah, it's the they only do. thing. You you don't think that'll affect things, or? I mean, I think they'll still pass it. It sucks that there's a fee attached, but there's always a fee attached, so it's pretty like it's expected. Mm-hmm. Well. We will see where that goes, and I'm sure that we'll be monitoring this one really closely. I wanted to talk just about this one here because you have child in school, and this could possibly be something that pops up. Now, you've had the commie coof in the house, so you're probably not going to have to worry about this, but other people might hear because over to uh, our neighbors to the north have had people now coming out and saying that if one child tests positive for COVID in school, now they have to isolate the kid in a room no no absolutely not so depending depending on their age like if they are a teenager um actually when okay so my parents and i both had all of us all three of us had covid my Mm -hmm. son was over when we all had when my mom and i both had symptoms and because we didn't know it was covid at the time she thought she had a sinus infection i thought i was just kind of the getting sick a little bit, but I didn't think it was COVID because everything else was fine. Right. Our, my son was around both of us when we were showing symptoms, never showed symptoms, never had it, never had nothing. Nobody else that he lives with as dads got sick or anything. It was like, he didn't even transmit it or carry it or like nothing. But if, it, if he had gotten it, I never would have quarantined him by himself. He's eight. That's too young. Yeah. Like he would have been miserable. Now, if it's like a 15 or 16 year old, when we had it, they told us quarantine for 10 days. If you're still having symptoms after 10 days, quarantine until 14. But after 10, you can go. They said after 10, you can go back to work. Mm-hmm. So the quarantine got shortened from 14 days to 10 days, first of all. And basically, they said as soon as you stop showing symptoms, Oh, well, you can go back to work. So it's like, clearly they're not that concerned about it. So this is child abuse. If it's a teenager, I could see saying, okay, you have to quarantine in your room for 10 days. Only come out to use the bathroom. Nobody else can use the same bathroom. Kind of like, I could see kind of doing that if they're like 15 or 16. Well, and I've heard other stories with that, too, where people are, like, locking their kids in basement for 14 days and they're crying and their siblings are up against the, you know, begging to go in and see their siblings. I'm like, what? You're right. That's the exact word that I would use for this. That's child abuse. That's child abuse. It's like locking them in a closet. Essentially, that's what it is. So. Yeah. No. We don't do that here. And if anyone is advising you to do that here, you have problems. You should probably take your child out of that school district. Because they clearly do not care about children. Clearly. All right. I got one more here for you. And, you know, we've had some dark stuff and some 
lighthearted stuff in the uh, in the lightning around here, but I've got this one video that was making its round, and we want to laugh at this lady for just a little bit here, so let's oh have Lord. a listen. You know what this is already, don't you? Yes, I know what this is already. If you're white, yes, you are racist, even if you think you're woke. We all benefit from oppression. Pretending you're not racist only makes racism grow. Shoot me now. <laughs> Who uh, the fuck thinks these things? I uh, took this from uh, literally your mom over on Twitter. Uh, she was the one that brought this to my attention, but it was making the rounds everywhere else. I saw a bunch of other people post this. Um, yeah. And then her comment that came along with this was, please, uh, somebody tell this woman that she can't sing. Because she really can't. I don't even know what tune that was. Like, it had to have been some... Like, I don't know if she made it up or if she was supposed to, like, be trying to sing along with a certain tune that I should know, but I didn't know it. And I'm a musical theater kid, so I think that was a fail on her part. Well, I can I can say this. Like, to, to you, the video might be completely unbearable. To me, as a guy, I could possibly mute this video and get some bearability out of it and somebody else pointed Stop this out it. to me somebody else Real pointed it out on just twitter called you out he said this chicken ed's future wife <laughs> <laughs> but uh if, if you mute the video it is kind of uh, it's kind of fun to watch this woman bounce a little bit stop oh my god you're such a dude i am what i am and i'm a product of my genetics no that is not true I mean, you are a product of your genetics, but that, that is an entirely other conversation that we're not going to have tonight. <laughs> uh, there was a, she actually did put out another video and I didn't load it in there, but I made all my contemporary audience watch it three times. Once because we ah. got to laugh at it and twice more because I still had a sinus infection when I found it and I had to go blow my nose. So I played that while <laughs> I turned the camera off. But yeah, she was having a meltdown over her cat, of all things. Okay. About being mean to her cat, and yeah, my audience on the morning show got to watch that three times, just for fun, just the, for the hell of it. There, so yeah, that was uh, that was going around. We're gonna crowdfund you a wife. What country do you want her to be from? Slovakia. Okay. <laughs> I'll follow Eastern the European model. women, though, I'll they're dangerous. The I know, I dated one. <laughs> we had a Russian exchange student in high school. I, I bet you really liked her. Well, she had dark hair and light eyes. That's kind so of my yes. weakness. Okay. So, that's what I have for uh, lightning round here. We're going to talk about uh, this airstrike. That's the first thing I want to talk about. Before I do that, though, I want to talk about what happened legitimately the day before the airstrike happened here, reading from Fox News very briefly, dozens of House Democrats want Biden to give up sole authority to launch nuclear weapons. About three dozen House Democrats have signed a letter asking President Biden to renounce his sole authority to launch nuclear weapons, according to reports. A promise from the president to give up his nuclear capabilities as commander-in-chief could take the same power away from future presidents. Okay, uh, cool. Sign here. Dotted line. Let's do it. Uh, Jimmy Panetta of California says, Vesting one person with this authority entails real risks. 
And a letter reads, obtained by Politico, past presidents have threatened to attack other countries with nuclear weapons or exhibited behavior that caused other officials to express concern about the president's judgment. You're talking about Donald Trump. I don't remember him ever threatening nuclear retaliation. Well, no, but there were plenty of people who were like, this man is unhinged. Why does he have the nuclear codes? Well, I can't argue with that. He is unhinged. Right. But you notice how quickly uh, Kim Jong-un was ready to come in and have the conversation once Don had the nuclear codes? <laughs> oh, shit, he crazy. He might, he might turn my country to glass. Oh, <laughs> let's, have a, let's have a talk. Come over here over to militarize zone. Yeah, he was in a hurry to have the conversation after that, and now he's out there saber-rattling once again. So that's, I mean, having a crazy guy having the nuclear codes isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world. I mean, it might be the what third if we worst just thing made, in the world. But... What if we just made everyone think that he had the codes, but, like, we changed a couple numbers so that he acted like he had them and that everyone else in the world believed that he had them, but there was actually no danger. Does that work? Are we allowed to do that? I think if we were allowed to do that, we'd have been able to change the Twitter password in Trump's phone. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, that's true. I think actually that probably would have been better for domestic policy in and of itself, too. Probably. Like, okay, it's time for a Twitter timeout. Someone changes password. So why now? What? Why now? Um, because they have the majority. But why not while the person they were worried about had the had his finger on the trigger, essentially? I don't understand why passed. they're doing this with Biden other than the fact that he's demented. And it he, never well one number one, it never would have passed. And number two, he would have thrown an unholy bitch fit. He does that that's a Tuesday for Donald. I know, but this would have been way worse. Okay. Like could you imagine them saying we think you're unhinged. You can't have the nuclear codes. Go sit in the corner. That would not have gone over well, like at all. That's fair. And I see that you're completely on board with the fact of taking that away from the presidency. Yes. I am too, to an extent. I mean, the only thing that I would be concerned about is would be for a retaliatory strike rather than a, a preemptive one. Because then you've got, you know, seconds to go and do things. But I think, like, if the Joint Chiefs of Staff agreed to it, then, like, I'd be fine with it. If it was, like, a collective decision and all of them, it was, like, unanimous, mm -hmm. then I'd probably be more comfortable with it than if it was just one person. That, uh, that I can understand. I thought there was a process that went along with the Joint Chiefs of Staff, but I don't know. I'm... They're mighty, but he's the commander-in-chief. Like, he can, he basically has blanket authority to overrule anything. I mean, they can give him pushback, but he can just say, I'm your boss. You're supposed to say, yes, sir, salute me, and go do what the hell I just told you to do. Do what I tell you to, otherwise I'll send Corn Pop to give you a court martial. Also, I think they're doing it now because Joe Biden is passive enough to allow it. That, that I could see. Yeah. I mean, I think it's both. They were waiting for someone that they could get it past. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't get it past Donald. Yeah. <laughs> there was no way yeah, that that was happening. I mean, even there, he would go back and read. He knows what he's going off and signing. And Biden himself said, 
I'm just signing executive orders. I, I have no idea what I'm signing. It would be really easy to stick that in front of them and say, come, come on, Grandpa, just sign here. Yeah, just like that. Oh, mm -hmm. now you don't have the nuclear codes anymore. Right. So that I could understand here. But I guess he did make a decision here. So tell me a little bit about what happened in Syria this week. We went back to bombing brown people. Oh, wait, we never stopped. <laughs> I have a giant problem with all of this. One, because we should repeal the AUMF. Two, because we are bombing Iranian-backed militia in a country we shouldn't be in. And said country is also responsible for training and abetting the terrorists that brought down two buildings in New York. And it's right next door to Israel because that's not coincidental or anything. Well, you want to walk us back through what actually happened with us or you want me to, or? You can walk everybody back through it. Okay. It's not really that complicated. I mean, we had personnel in the area and they got attacked and then we retaliated. So according to Reuters- oh, have been there. <laughs> uh, according to Reuters, the United States carried out airstrikes authorized by President Biden against facilities belonging to Iranian-backed militia in eastern Syria on Thursday in response to a rocket attack against U.S. targets in Iraq, the Pentagon said. Uh, the strikes appeared limited in scope, potentially lowering the risk of escalation. It was not immediately clear what damage was caused. Syria did not co immediately comment, but state-owned Ekbaraya TV said strikes were conducted at dawn against several targets near the Syrian-Iraqi border. An Iraqi militia official, speaking on condition of anonymity, said at least one fighter had been killed and four others were wounded. So, as far as the the foreign policy aspect of this, I don't completely understand what the point was of this, other than... So, uh, like, so now I have another question. Mm -hmm. How much does a drone cost, and how much does the bomb cost? For five people. What the actual fuck? Well, what did we get, uh, what did it cost to launch the one in that uh, popped the two guys over in Iraq? Soleimani oh, Soleimani and what's-his-face? I don't know. Because that was probably the same thing. And that was one of the things that was brought up. One of the big uh, things that was brought up with this story when it uh, came to the front of everybody's consciousness was the fact that Joe Biden was on record, or at least his official Twitter account, saying that this was not the kind of thing that leaders do. And Pisaki as well, pointing out the fact that Syria was a sovereign country back when it was under Trump. And how horrible it was when he dropped the MOAB back in 2017 uh -huh. in a dictatorial move. And now we're sitting mm -hmm. here doing this. It was dilatory. I don't know that word. That's one of the few that I don't. It means slow to act. Mm. Okay. And I do. No, I, it's, just, it's just a joke. Okay. It's, never mind. So, uh, Killer Whale looked it up. It's 64 million for a Reaper. Okay. And I'm guessing that's the drone, not the bomb? I'm not familiar with current military equipment. I'm a uh, Clancy novel reader, and uh, all that stuff happened in the 80s. So, hmm. not completely familiar with uh, a Hellfire is about seven. That's a plane. I know that. A Hellfire. No, Hellfire is a missile. I'm sorry. It's about 70,000. 
Okay, the Reaper is the drone, according to Evil Killer Whale. Yes, each missile that they fire costs $70,000. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, with that, that's that's the part of the story that I want to cover on. Not necessarily what's going on over there, because I don't think you and I are educated enough in the foreign theater to make any speculation on that. But the pushback that came from this here, from obviously the right who's coming back and calling him a hypocrite, but the left, too, were pissed about this, just outright. Because they're going, I mean, Chank Uyghur was off his fucking rocker on this one. Screaming about the fact that, you know, Biden's not doing anything that he promised and instead he's going out and warmongering. And that's what people are seeing. They're not getting their stimulus check. They're not getting their $15 an hour. They're not getting their student loan forgiveness or their single payer health care. But we went over and dropped a bomb in Syria in a place where, like you pointed out, we should, we have no business being in Syria for anything. Yeah, I mean, Syria is basically paying for our defense forces to be there. Like, Mm -hmm. we have a contract with them to provide personnel. So tell me why we are providing personnel to the country that produced the hijackers that carried out 9-11. Why are we doing that? Because reasons. None of those reasons make sense. And the reasons that do make sense make me question who our allies were and what actually happened. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know enough about the foreign theater. And I don't even like going down conspiracy theory rabbit holes, but that's a big red flag for me. Okay. I'm not sure. I... Like I said, the biggest problem here is, A, are we going to be going back to war over this? And B, what what does happen societally from this? Because, as I said at the top of the show, this seems to be the big thing that everybody's unified on. Biden did unify the country. He just unified it in the fact that everybody fucking hates him. Right. So what this is going to do, I think, um, it's just going to make the rift between the moderate Democrats and the progressives even bigger. Because progressives are actually anti-war yeah that's one of the good things about them moderate democrats and moderate republicans are all pretty much collectively war hawks which is why we've been in war for 20 plus years because they're the ones who keep getting elected to the senate and they just look the other way while the president does what he does and and we're electing moderate presidents Mm -hmm. you know all the presidents we've had in the last 40 years have all been moderates, whether or not they've been a Democrat or Republican, they've all been moderates. So the progressive left is very strongly anti-war, which is the tradition of the left because we had anti-war protests in the seventies and those were all the hippies or the beatniks or, you know, whatever those like fringe Democrats. And it's just going to make that rift get bigger. It's going to make the progressives angry and I think you're going to see more progressives run in the midterms because they want to stop these things from happening. Um, one good thing that could come out of electing anti-war progressives to the House of Representatives is that we do actually get the repeal of the AUMF passed. I'm not completely familiar with the AUMF, and you've brought it up a couple times now. Can you tell me what that is? That's the... That's the authority that the president has to basically conduct war exercises without running it through Congress. 
they can unilaterally take military action without having congressional approval. Okay. And that came along with the Patriot Act, which is how we got into this mess in the beginning. Exactly. That's my thoughts on the Patriot Act. Of course. So, and once again, I go back to the question. Now, we we talked about uh, precision airstrikes, and I mean, that went all the way back through the Trump administration and even into the Biden administration. We're not putting we're, we're, we're not we're not putting any more boots on the ground okay it's 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 all gonna be precision airstrikes and and yet that still caused and started more conflict over in the middle east does does yes. this start a new conflict at this point are we looking at the point where we go back to war which we've been predicting for it, it does it does and i this is an article that's been rolling around in my head that i'm that i need to start and and research and finish but when you i mean because we've been over in the middle east for 20 plus years at this point mm-hmm the more you conduct these airstrikes, air raids, you know, you provide personnel, you have uh, light armored units, like whatever you have in the area, um, the more violence that is caused in these areas where civilians live, the more you traumatize that local population. So when you grow up in a war-torn country, you grow up having, experiencing trauma, and that changes the way that your brain functions. Mm-hmm. So you are you are mass traumatizing huge swaths of the population in the Middle East. And then you turn around and somehow think that that's going to make them hate you less or make them less violent? Those two things don't connect. Well, I mean, that uh, we talked about in North Korea when we talked about the uh, nuclear strikes. And I mean, that's they have propaganda around their country. They have speakers all around their country mm-hmm. telling them how horrible America was and how the U.S. is pretty much the cause of all their ills in the world. The Middle East doesn't even need to do that because all they have to do is go, there's a predator drone. It's coming to bomb your house, Mm -hmm. your school, your business, your grandparents, like your family. Oh, are you safe at a wedding? Nope. Are you safe at a religious festival? Nope. Are you safe around an American person? Nope. No. No, you're not. You're not, they don't, they don't even need to do anything. They don't need to spread any propaganda at all. We do it for them. And then we're like, oh, well, someday they'll be peaceful nations. No, they won't. You just spent 20 years traumatizing like the entire population of the country. And you think somehow they're going to like you? Uh, that's not how this works. Well, I get very irritated by it, if you can't tell. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> completely understandable and, you know, Biden has never seen a military action that he doesn't like. And furthermore, I don't think that he's all with it. And I think this was somebody else down the pipe who's getting, you know, keep laying the dollar bills down on the table from Raytheon to go out and do something like this. Because who got rich now that they have to go back and make a new missile? Raytheon. Yeah. Well... We'll be watching this one a little bit closer because the Middle East theater is going to be coming up a little bit. Um, let's do. Let's talk a little bit about minimum wage, then we'll move into CPAC. That's going to be a big one. So we'll take a break after the minimum wage talk um, because the other one that popped up here, and like I said at the top of the show, this almost would have been a lightning round topic because we've talked about the minimum wage before, but the procedural side of this uh, popped up almost immediately from this. So reading from CBS... The Senate parliamentarian rules Democrats cannot include minimum wage hike in COVID-19 economic relief bill. 
So this has been a kind of an ongoing back and forth going along with this, talking about whether or not this was actually able to be done and go past the filibuster. Well, the parliamentarian had said no at this point. Now, of course, right from the top, people were starting to talk about Kamala Harris was just going to do it anyway because she had the authority to do so. And I don't mm-hmm. believe she does. I might have to brush up on my constitutional law for that, but as far as I know... From Article 2, she does not have the authority to go around that, to go around the Senate parliamentarian. But at this point, yes, this is going to be something that's going to have to go out and be filibustered. The House did pass the $1.9 trillion package that does have the $15 an hour hike in it. They did that on Saturday, but once it gets to the Senate, they're going to have to cut that out. Otherwise, they can't, they can't pass it through budget reconciliation. They either have to get it through filibuster-proof majority or cut that part of it out. So what's your take on the parliamentarian and the process that's going along with that at this point? I think it's really interesting that the vice president can't overrule someone who's not been elected to any office. Now, you might have to educate me then because I'm not 100% sure how the parliamentarian works. I thought that was just a senator who had been appointed to that. Maybe it is. I have to look that up, actually. I'm willing to be wrong. Don't get me wrong on that. Who's the current Senate parliamentarian? (sighs) No, they are appointed by the majority leader. Okay. So that would be the somebody who's answering to Schumer at that point. Uh, Elizabeth McDonough. Okay. And she's a lawyer. She's been in she's been in that position since 2012. It's purely a um, parliamentarian rules are purely procedural. So she's not someone who can vote on anything or or anything like that. But I do find it interesting that she can overrule a vice president or, well, she can't overrule the vice president. She basically tells the vice president, like, this does not follow parliamentary procedure. So there, so it's the procedure that's stopping the vice president, not the parliamentarian themselves. They're just the person that says, this is how you follow the procedure. And this is how you break the procedure. Okay. From what I just Googled. So <laughs> that's probably a very simplistic view of it, but that's the general idea of a parliamentarian. Well, I mean, and the, the $15 an hour thing, that's a, that's a huge thing. This led to a Charles P. Pierce, who was blue checked, and I don't know why, because I have no idea who this guy is, uh, to tweet this out, uh, responding, quote tweeting Phil Mattingly, who I also don't know who that is, news the parliamentarian has ruled the minimum wage increases out. Per a source, and Charles P. Pierce says, I'd like to inform Senators Manchin and Cinema that this is on them. Which, okay. realistically, I I don't understand how that is, the uh, other than the fact that both of them voted to keep the filibuster in place. But other than that, that's kind of a stretch, wouldn't you think? Mm. Yeah, I think so. But if that's the procedure, then that's the procedure. Right. So that battle is going to be going on. Now, Schumer has come up because 
I mean, he's doing the job of the majority whip in the Senate at this point. Um, he's coming up and saying, according to the Hill, Schumer urges Democrats to stick together on the $1.9 trillion bill. This is from Alexander Bolton. Uh, Senate Majority Leader Charles U. Schumer warned the Senate Democrats, including centrists, who are balking at certain elements of President Biden's proposal, that the failure to pass the $1.9 trillion COVID relief bill would be a political disaster, which it probably would at this point. It would probably cost Democrats the Senate coming up in 2022, which Republicans have a very, very hard road. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've seen who's up for 2022, but... So far. The... The Republicans that are up for 2022 are all mostly in very, very purple areas. So they've got a really, really hard road coming up on this. And I can see where Schumer is going to come up and say, okay, well, we've got to pass this because people will get the little checks and they'll be placated. And then we'll worry about this next. So I don't know. I don't know what you have to say about that. It looks like John Tester out of Montana is one of the names that's up there that they're worried about. Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema, obviously. But it doesn't take very much for this to fail. Right. And I don't know if... Uh, I don't know if they can pull enough GOP support from Lisa Murkowski, Mitt Romney, and Susan Collins to come and overcome... The divide that they have over on the left. What do you think? I think you're right. They definitely are at risk. Uh, there was uh, there was another one that came up this week. Speaking of the fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage, because people started to realize that they weren't going to pass this. Uh, the Daily Wire reports that the Democrats are abandoning the idea of a workaround. So they were talking about taking tax incentives away from companies that didn't pay fifteen dollars an hour as a minimum wage. Um, this would go to effect for both small businesses and big businesses alike. But now it looks like they're backing off on that because I'm sorry, that looks kind of shitty. It is shitty. <laughs> it is totally anti-small business. And the $15 minimum wage is just anti-small business period. Mm-hmm. And it's anti, it's, it's anti-growth economy minded. Like you're not going to grow the economy by putting people out of work. And, you know, limiting their ability to, you know, not only contribute to society, but if they're not making any money anymore, what money are they going to put back into the economy? Well, don't you uh, don't you remember that our good friend, Representative Ilhan Omar, came out and said that uh, if they do this, then that's going to lift 900,000 people out of poverty. It'll kill 1.4 million jobs, but it'll lift 900,000 out of poverty. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So that's only a deficit of how many? 400,000? 500,000. 500,000? Yeah. Okay. Let's figure out how to fix that. <laughs> so they're, they're backing off on this one here. It looks like they are going to try to do this legislatively, but they don't have the votes to do this, which I mean, nope. once again, given the, given the map that the Senate has this uh, coming election, that actually might work out in Democrat favor. Mm-hmm. Because once the $15 an hour minimum wage is blocked, then, hey, you've got campaign ads. There was one other one that I wanted to bring up to you here and talk about because of the spending amount here. And it looks like uh, one of the GOP reps, was it Paul Gosar, 
expose just how wasteful this is by proposing that we give people $10,000 stimulus checks. Oh my God. I couldn't tell if he was trying to make a joke or not. Was he serious? <clears throat> I don't think he was serious as far as giving out the checks, but he used that to point out how much money is not going into uh, COVID stimulus. Uh, this is from Chris Enlow over at The Blaze prior to Sounds House like Democrats. it was hyperbole. Well, prior to House Democrats passing their $1.9 trillion stimulus package early Saturday, Republican Representative Paul Gosar of Arizona introduced the amendment increasing the stimulus check amount to $10,000 for individuals and $20,000 for married couples. Um, in order to make this work and keep the $1.9 trillion out, this would eliminate spending for farm loan assistance for socially disadvantaged farmers and ranchers, the National Endowment for the Arts, the National Endowment for the Humanities, Institute of Museum and Library Services, the so-called Vaccine Confidence Activities, Global Health Initiatives, Family Planning, Capital Investment Grants, the National Railroad Passenger Corporation Grants, and Special Financial Assistance Program for Financially Troubled Multi-Employer Plans, all of which were included in this same stimulus. Mm-hmm. So, if, and the point that he was making off of this is that if you get rid of all that spending, you could dump, uh, jump the checks up from $1,400 to 10000 There's only like 8% of this bill is going to financially help the people. Yeah. It's only 8% of this bill is going for COVID relief. I would love to have $10,000 to invest in crypto. <laughs> I could double my money in a few weeks. Yeah, probably because as soon as people started investing, it would be going off or, hey, maybe we could go out and buy some more GameStop stuff. Doge to the moon. So, and that's, I mean, I think, I think he was kidding about this. Like he wasn't serious about going off and doing this, but just to show the amount. Cause it's right. ridiculous. The fact that they're spending $1.9 trillion and very little of it's going to the American people. Yeah. And that's the same as it was with the last bill. Well, with the last bill, the worst part of that was, it wasn't just the relief bill. It's the omnibus that they pretty much poison the relief bill with like it's either you pass the omnibus that goes along with this or you get nothing and you like it right which sounds like the government to me can we have single line bills at some point here no don't never <laughs> do it i, I mean know. thomas massey has called for it justin amash called for it i think even Rand paul at one point in the past called for it like it's it never goes anywhere it doesn't even make it out of committee no, it doesn't. But that's all that I have on the $15 an hour minimum wage. If you don't have anything else, you want to take some live chat here before we go and talk about the golden calf? We have so much live chat. We've already had 100 comments, at least. They're all very excited about you having a Slovakian wife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a new hashtag, free red. Free me from my imprisonment so I can live stream. <laughs> um oh i asked where the regulars were because i have i hadn't seen um chalaga or wyatt or harvey or saint or any of them um i think a couple of them popped in evil killer whale said i saw an article claiming that the influencers were just quote unquote the press but hired by the city laughable that was about minneapolis mm -hmm. Mm. Oh, Toy Story 3 is apparently the daycare one. 
And Toy Story 4 is the one where Woody and Bo Peep go on an adventure. Thank you, Killer Whale, for telling me that. Oh, I was right. The potato was only the head. It had a terrifying little body. Yeah, I saw oh, that when you were talking came, about that. And it came out in 1952. Okay. So I was right. It was the 50s. They meet. Oh, they meet Andy's mom's toys. That's cool. Woody and Buzz, coincidentally. Buzzy. Woody and Buzzy. <laughs> I don't know if you got that joke or not. What? The joke that went along with that. Andy's mom's toys. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) I blew right past that. (laughs) Wow. Okay. (laughs) Damn. Guys are be sneaking this shit in on me. (laughs) Wow. You can't see it because the lights, but I am blushing right now. <laughs> I cannot believe I did not get that. <laughs> um, I think we're all in agreement that jaywalking is victimless. God, I have to be more careful when I read these comments. <laughs> wow. Okay. It, it, they can't do as bad as the person who called in on the call-in show on Saturday because that was that wasn't even trying to sneak it in. That dude was outright. Yeah. I texted you about that. I don't know if I. Yeah, you did. I can tell these guys about <laughs> it. Um, the call-in show from this last weekend is currently unlisted right now because somebody managed to call in, get around the Google Voice because they're supposed to be able to uh, have to give a name to get into Google Voice, and started uh, it was a recording and he started spamming the uh, play button on it. Uh, the recording was yelling the N word hard R over and over again. Yeah, I figured out how to hit the dump button really fast. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, I think, a new friend, Mr. Clean from Aussie, maybe? Can't uh, tell. I gotta get rid of that because it's auto-playing. Nailbender says, I always get asked if I have any guns in my vehicle, and I always respond with yes, so they have to take all of my tools out, but they get very mad when they realize it's all nail guns. <laughs> That's good. Well, he does yeah, have waste guns, their time. Waste their time. Um... Killer Whale says, I've seen very specific people who claim to be libertarian who I would consider white supremacists. They're definitely out there. They shouldn't be, but they are. Uh, Ron Paul is not one of them. Will you go away? Thank you. Finally. I hate autoplay. I don't know why the fuck they do it. Um... Nephilim says Liz Cheney could bow to the entire Black Caucus and they wouldn't like her. Well, yeah, because it's Liz Cheney. I don't even know how she got elected. It was before she made the impeachment vote. Oh, okay. Trust me, that ain't happening again. Oh, Nailbender said, I'd be more inclined to pay you to quit tweeting, Ed. Damn. Savage. I do what I can. Ben says more children died at Waco at the hands of the government than at Parkland or Sandy Hook. Remind me why we need gun control. Because think of the children. Right. (sighs) Matthew says he has a lot of monitoring to do. I guess that means he's a fed. Oh, Ed said, no, I'm an Ed. (laughs) (laughs) Clever children. 
Nephilim says, if they're monitor lizard people in the government, I bet they monitor the monitors. <laughs> How do I get a lizard joke, but I don't get the other one? Damn. Damned man says, hi, I'm going to need unsee juice. What is unsee juice? Oh, it was about the lady that sang the song that mm. you liked. <laughs> but only when she was muted. <laughs> um, and then we talked about getting you a mail order bride. It's already been decided. Who needs to, someone needs to start a GoFundMe for that. I think that's ben expensive wants to too. Ben wants to know, why doesn't Kim Jong-un have a TikTok? I think it's racism. Ron says there was some similar apprehension during Reagan's second term, but Biden is way worse. Biden is around the bend on senility now. Yeah, definitely. I really think it's Jill Biden holding the reins, honestly. Ben said, come on, people, he doesn't need legal authority. He has much empathy. And Killer Whale gave us the stats about the Hellfire and the Reaper, how much those cost, because he is an Army aerospace engineer. Thank you. Wait, you're the Fed. I don't know what Ron is quoting, but something, something, something. I don't know. Uh, ben says, do you want to go down a rabbit hole? Why is the band Boston on the Rock Hall of Fame? That's a fair question. True. Uh, ben also says nothing like unity. Nothing says unity and healing like drone strikes on a bunch of Middle East countries. Uh, Damned man said, how much does a sniper bullet cost and could it do the job of a missile? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, sad something or other said bombing Iranian backed militia death squads is good actually. Objectively, yes. But not when you're doing it inside of another sovereign nation. Like, yeah. If we had tried to do that 30 years ago, it would not have gone over very well. Actually, I think we did try to do that years ago with, like, Granada, and that didn't go over very well. If I'm remembering how that happened correctly, it might not be. Um... Ron says line item veto is the honest way to pass budgets. Yeah, but it was ruled unconstitutional under Clinton. Yes. Shalaga says, oh, he's lurking, enjoying the show. Okay, fine. They're all laughing at me that I didn't get that freaking joke. <laughs> that was hilarious. I'm sorry. Yeah, my delayed reaction. Okay, on with the news. On with the news. We got to talk about CPAC because that sucked all the air out of the room this entire weekend here. Starting with this, because this is exactly where we started with this. And why wouldn't we? So the Conservative Political Action Conference happened in Orlando, Florida this weekend at a Hyatt. And we'll talk a bit about uh, their clack back to this as well. But the first thing that we saw, I think the first thing that most of us saw when it came to CPAC was this statue going down the hall. And I have to wonder if the people who were attending CPAC took out their earrings and melted them down in order to make the statue. Right. I don't know how up you are on uh, 
Yep. Exodus literature, but uh, that's a direct oh, look, call it's to a golden the golden calf. Yes. But it's totally not a cult, you guys. <laughs> like, not at all. We don't do cults. Nope. No cults. We just have an idol. It's gold. <laughs> We're just going to take lots of pictures with it. And it has a fairy wand, too, which I don't understand at all. I think it was meant to be a scepter. It's and a narrow hand, stick with a star on the top of it. Yeah. So I saw another picture of it, and in its other hand, it's holding the Declaration of Independence. That is correct. You can see that up on the screen right there. Yes. I don't know if you can make out the text of it, but yeah, you can see that. Uh, also very disturbing. Well, I only knew it was the Declar Declaration because We the People was so big. Hmm. I couldn't see any of the rest of the text. I can't see it on the screen where I have, but I have studio mode up, so I'm not sure if it's just it's small or whatnot. But yes, that went through, and nobody thinks that this nobody was a problem. Nobody batted an eye. Oh, people batted an eye, just not any of the people who were creating any of this. So Exactly. That's what I mean. No one at CPAC was upset about it. So with that, we had some speeches. We've got some uh, things to listen to to talk to off of this. Um is this the one? No, that was the video with the statue rolling through. I don't want to look at that one here. Uh, the Trump speech happened, and that was, I mean, that was a long Trump rally type speech. I was listening to that before the show. I got about halfway through it, and, you know, you don't need to. That's one of the things, too, about a Trump speech. I thought about that this morning, is the fact that you don't necessarily need to listen to the whole Trump speech. You just kind of have to listen to the mainstream media reaction to the Trump speech. <laughs> To know what you're supposed to be upset about? To know what was actually... You don't even have to know what uh, you're supposed to be upset about to know what was in it. And yeah, they were pointing out some of the some of the big ones that went along with this. Um, let's see. I know this uh, Fox News gave the five biggest moments from the weekend as Trump returns to the stage. Conservatives rail against Biden. And there was, there was a lot of things to go there. Uh, Trump ripped into Biden at the beginning of it saying that... Uh, what was the quote? Joe Biden has been the most disastrous first month of any president in modern history. Anti-jobs, anti-families, anti-border, anti-energy, anti-woman, and anti-science. And he did hit on all of those very well, talking about the fact that uh, Biden was going through and stopping the construction. And some of the contractors were pointing out that stopping construction of the portions of the wall that they were building was more expensive than continuing to build. I'm not sure how that works, but... I know we've seen the anti-energy side of this cut the Keystone XL pipeline, um, bringing us back into dependence on Middle Eastern oil rather than our own oil. He did point out correctly that we were an exporter of oil uh, under his term. How much he had to do with that, I'm not sure, but we were an exporter of oil under the Trump term. Um, the anti-woman thing was really big here because he pointed out a lot of the, the transgender sports aspects mm -hmm. that came along with the... Uh, the Biden administration, which I thought was an interesting take off of this. And there was a poll that came out over on Twitter I replied to pointing out the fact that Biden had also lifted the transgender military ban. And right. the poll was asking whether or not I had an opinion on that. And I, I really don't, per se. Honestly, with the transgender military ban and the amount of patriotism that flows among transgender people... Because they don't like the country. They don't like it very much at all. No, they don't like the government. That's fair. 
But you're not going to see a lot of those people joining the military. Well, you wouldn't have prior to that. Now that the ban is... I don't think so. You don't think that you saw a lot of them joining the military? No, I mean, I think that I think that more of them would probably join the military if they if they felt comfortable joining the military. It wasn't a welcoming place for anybody who was different. It wasn't even a it's not even a welcoming place for women. Like even now, it's not welcoming towards women. Okay. Look at how often they sweep murders of women under the rug. Vanessa Gullion last year, mm -hmm. that happened. She had no support within her unit. There there have been multiple sex scandals that go along with the military where women are not protected, women are not taken seriously, they are demoted, they are, you know, all kinds of really terrible things. So no, the military is not woman friendly, especially if something bad happens to you. They're definitely not going to be transgender friendly or any like minority friendly. Like anybody on the LGBTQ spectrum is probably not going to be um, friendly towards them because they're different. And so, yeah, I do think that more of them would join. I think more women would join if they felt it was safe. I hate to say this, but if you join the military, you're not exactly going in to be safe. You should be safe around your fellow soldiers. That's fair. You should not, but you you're should going not in, worry. You're signing up to go give your life for your country, though, is the point I'm getting at. Yeah, but I'm talking about the culture within the military, like within the units, within bases, like on post. I'm not talking about in a theater of war. Mm -hmm. Like, but that does translate into a theater of war because if you don't think your fellow soldiers have your back, you're going to act very defensively. You're going to be worried about them when you should be worrying about the people in front of you. That's so fair. that's not that's not a good combination either. Well, that was uh that was brought up though, uh going along with that and yeah, I just, I didn't think it was a big deal at the time that the ban went into place just because I didn't feel that it affected a lot of people. Now I do point out, I pointed out when I commented on the poll though, that now that it's up, now these transgender people want to go and join because there's not necessarily because they wanted to go fight for the country, but because they want to stick it to the orange man. So now okay. we have, now we have a bunch of new bodies all at the same time. We're increasing our presence in foreign theaters. Mm -hmm. Seems like a little sleight of hand going along with that. Uh, I don't think so. You don't think? No. Ted Cruz made it up to uh, CPAC as well, and he got into the top five there because he decided that he had to make fun of himself for going on his uh, little Cancun trip. Oh, Ted, what would we do without you? I can't believe I forgot to load that video in, too, because I actually had the video clip of it, and he got Aww. up on the stage and he said, I'm here in Orlando. It's nice here, but it's not as nice as Cancun. <laughs> which came Ouch. to a little bit of muted laughter off of this yikes that's probably ooh, that's bad optics come on yeah well some of the people did eat it up uh, mccarthy predicted that the gop would take the majority in 2022 which i actually think is probably uh, a reasonable discussion probably as i have taught we have talked about before yeah trump's base is all i mean at the further you get up into federal government, the less of a base Trump has. Mm -hmm. um, you still end up with, you know, moderate Republicans and things like that that are not Trump friendly. But you can get a lot of congressmen, congresswomen, state reps, 
you know, the base will vote for all of those at the state level and mm-hmm. at the lower level of federal government. Um, I still don't think you're going to see it in the Senate. No, that's a really, really hard road to go with. Yeah. Uh, but one of the big stories that came out of the beginning of CPAC was that Trump came out before he gave his big speech and said that he is already the presumptive GOP nominee. And I wanted to get your take mm-hmm. on that. Called it. Okay. I'm really good at making predictions. But it, that one was obvious. That was a gimme. We all knew that he was going to try again. He has not he confirmed to, that he's trying again. He wants again. to redeem himself. He wants to steal back the election. That's what it is. That's all it is. You think his that's ego demands it. Well, one of the other big ones that came out of his uh, his little speech here was the fact that it was talked about, and we talked about this on the show, that he was planning on making a third party. And now, according to Axios, he has ruled that out. He's not going to be starting a third party. Uh, let's read quick from here. Because someone, probably the same person that used to run into the White House and say, I'm sorry, Mr. President, but constitutionally you can't actually do the thing that you just talked about on Twitter. We're going to have to talk about that later. But yeah, remember we said that that like position, someone in the in the White House had to have had that, had <laughs> to have had that job. Mm-hmm. Same deal. They were probably like, Mr. President, um, ballot access is really kind of expensive and that's going to take a lot of time and effort and money and he was probably like also he probably really really wants to stick it to the gop yeah well that's what he was saying in the speech here and i did get to listen to that part when i was listening to the first half of it was the fact that he said well yes we have the gop and it's a fine gop and they love me okay Uh, Axios writes in his first public speech since leaving office, former President Trump told the audience at the Conservative uh, Political Action Conference that he would not start a third party because we have the Republican Party, okay? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, you you know all about ballot access on third party and everything that goes, because you work with that. That's that's what you do for work. Yeah. If you can avoid it, you should avoid it. Like, in that case. But to go along with that, too, and that's, I mean, that goes on to your conversation that you had over on the generational gap, which we haven't even talked about over there, because, I mean, it was brought up with uh, with that, what ballot access was, what it means. And I was thinking, because I was listening to that live back in the background, I mean, yes, you would, it would be a lot of sacrifice of principles, but hey, I mean, Bill Weld exists. But on top of all of that as well, that would be almost guaranteed ballot access for the LP, Mm-hmm. Because, but then we'd be stuck with Donald Trump, and yeah. we don't want that. And all of his voters. I'm not thinking so much about the Donald himself because he's going to do what the Donald does. But I mean, you'd bring in all your voters with him. And honestly, with the third party, I think if he did start the Patriot Party, he would probably come back and take all those voters. He, he probably wouldn't he, wipe the GOP out. Be, that wouldn't be enough for his ego. He doesn't want to be a big fish in a little pond. He wants to be the big fish in the ocean. Okay. Taking over a party like the LP would be like a little feather in his cap, but that wouldn't be like the prize, you know? Mm-hmm. He wants the GOP. He wants, and and it's not so much, um, at, at this point, it's, it's more about making, forcing, forcing 
people like McConnell to bend the knee. Who's, That's what that and about. he's already said that he would bend the knee, too. That's the worst part mm-hmm. of it. He came right. out uh, in a statement this week and said that if Trump is the nominee, which McConnell agreed that he probably would be, then he would yeah, support Yeah, if him. he runs, he probably would be because the base loves him. And yes, McConnell is going to do whatever is going to give Mitch McConnell the most power in the world. Because Mitch McConnell knows his base loves Trump. He's not going to go against a guy that his base loves because they'll vote him out. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want to mess with that. So there were other couple, uh, a couple other notables that I wanted to go into with this. Bongino came up and said, you know, everybody's got to go and rise up. Christy Noem touted her own praises through this. One of the big ones that popped up with this was the backlash to the stage. And I don't know if you saw this. I didn't even know about yes. this until Saturday. I did. And apparently this is a very, very well-known Nazi rune that I've never seen before in my life. It's on their uniforms. And I'm half German. Same. And I've never seen this before in my life. Mm-hmm. But this is... Where is my image? I had it. Oh, there it is. So this was the stage over at uh, CPAC. And now, knowing what this is, I can definitely see what this is. But like I said, I had no idea what this was until somebody pointed this out to me. I don't know if I just don't spend enough time looking at Nazi uniforms or whatnot. But apparently, this was intended to resemble this picture. Mm-hmm. There it is. Switch that back over to there. Which I'd never seen. I, You know, I've seen the swastika before, but I'd never seen this one. Apparently, you have before. I hadn't. Yes. So, apparently, a lot of people knew about this. I, When I heard about this, I had to go back and Occam's Razor it because I can't attribute this to malice. I don't know if you can. I can't. Um, I doubt it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Why would you even have that as an option for a stage shape? Well, I mean, given where they're going with, I can understand because you've got the catwalks up along the um, the monitors that were going along with that. I, I can understand why uh, from a functional standpoint. And like I said, I didn't know. I guarantee a lot of people didn't know about that until Saturday, that that was even a I thing. I mean... But you can take the middle piece out, that one that like makes the other diamond, and just mm-hmm. have kind of a weird kind of U-shaped one. Yeah. And it still serves the same purpose. The only reason to add, um, the only reason to add that in the back there to complete that kind of sc- diamond in the front is if you needed it for stability. Mm-hmm. Which that's a possibility. I mean, I don't know a ton about stage design, but I was in musical theater, so, I mean. We had to deal with that kind of thing before, but there have to be other designs you can use. Like, come on, this cannot be the only one. Elephant Man said it was an epic troll, and Damn Man said it was. I don't was, think it was a troll. It seemed I think like it was. Were... I do think it was probably unintentional, but yeah, I agree with Damned Man. It it's people looking for something where something likely doesn't exist. Yeah. So that was it, and I mean the Hyatt themselves. We're having all kinds of problems because people are now coming out with a boycott Hyatt because of this. And Hyatt put out this statement. 
Hyatt's most fundamental responsibility is to provide a safe and inclusive environment for all of our colleagues, guests, and customers. Our commitment to this principle is informed by our purposes as a company to care for people so they can be their best. We take pride in operating a highly inclusive environment, and we believe the facilitation of gatherings is a central element of what we do as a hospitality company. We believe in the right of elements, uh, individuals rather, and organizations to peacefully express their views, independent of the degree to which the perspectives of those hosting meetings and events at our hotels align with ours. Our own values support a cu uh, culture that is characterized by empathy, respect, and diversity of opinions and backgrounds. And we strive to bring this to light through what we do and how we uh, engage with those in our care which is a very lengthy way to say, fuck you, they paid us a lot of money, and we're going to take their money. Do you not agree? Okay. <clears throat> I agree. This doesn't argue about with that. <laughs> I mean, it's the people that are going, and there are people that are out there yelling that they're never going to stay at a Hyatt hotel again, which to see some of the people I've, seen some of their tweets out there i don't think they've ever stayed in hyatt in their lives and Probably i don't think not. they ever planned to do so in the near future i i think they might have hoped to but i think that might have been just a little bit out of their price range <laughs> probably those conventions are not cheap no they are not conventions generally are not cheap i had one <clears throat> other speech and i know we talked about the trump speech I had one speech that I did want to listen to and have your take on, and this was, uh, it was an outreach speech, which I know with you doing marketing for campaigns, I, I'd love to get your take on this here, but uh, Shamika Michelle uh, went out to try to explain how conservatives can better reach out to the African-American community. And, you know, like I said, given your marketing and your work with campaigns, I, I kind of want to see what you had to say about this one here. And then we'll go and talk about Cuomo because that's just a dumpster fire in and up. No, we'll talk about Garland, not Cuomo. But that's just a dumpster fire in and of itself. All right, let's get this back up here. I think they've been able to do that by being more inclusive. And I think that's something that we can learn in the conservative party. There's not just one type of black conservative. And I feel like that's where we failed over the last four years. We propped up one type of black conservative and just because white people like them it was like oh yeah we love her oh god she has her own thinking you know oh yeah woo but that wasn't necessarily who black you know the black people really identify with and i like to kind of make this analogy a lot of people are familiar with the fresh prince of bel-air yeah. now this is a story all, all about, about how my life got flipped turned upside down okay just say Carlton and Will were both conservatives. Carlton could go to Bel Air and he could talk to the people of Bel Air all day long, but you could not send Carlton to Philly to talk to those people. You would have had to send Will to talk to the people who had the same type of life experiences yeah. that Will had. Yeah. So when it comes to conservative, you know, being conservative, Stop propping up Carlton Banks thinking that Carlton is going to be the one to be able to communicate with the, the wheels of the conservative party. You're going to have to prop up the wheels so that they can speak the language that people understand and share experiences with. And I think that's how we feel. I feel like the Democrats do a very good job of making sure they have people that represent 
all around, and yep. that's what we need to do better as conservatives. You can't take Carlton to Philly going, it's not unusual. <laughs> no, that's not going to work. And to, um... All right. So what was your take on that? I put it in the live chat. That was a direct trash of Candace Owens. Oh. Because she's the only type of black conservative that Republicans have been totally okay with for the last four years. That I could, uh, that actually I could see. Yeah. So she's one of the, she's one of the pretty articulate <laughs> black people that they're totally fine with. Oh, you mean like Biden sees Obama as? Yes, exactly. That is exactly it. So what is your take so on the marketing with that then? She's completely right. You have to, I mean, that's just like, that's like marketing 101. Why? Why would you send someone who looks so out of place to communicate with those voters? Like, no, I mean, ideally, ideally you build teams out of people that are locals anyway. Well, that's what I, I, does that translate? Can you translate that into now Liberty then with yeah. a caucus? I mean, that's we, hear it, <clears throat> we hear it all the time. Like um, the Libertarian Party doesn't market to urban areas. And that's, you know, the Libertarian Party is seen as the party of white men because we don't have a lot of diversity. We have some, um, we are a diverse party, but we're also a small party too. Uh -huh. So our, our percentage of diversity is probably comparable to the other parties, but because our party is so much smaller, you know, out of a hundred people, how many are considered a minority or diverse, you know, it might be 20% and it, it might be that way in the larger parties as well out of a hundred people. But then you magnify that by millions of voters, you start to see large populations of, of minorities that are voting in line with those values. And we just don't have the numbers to reflect it, I don't think. We we probably are lower on the diversity scale than the Democrats and Republicans, especially the Democrats. But I don't think it's quite as bad as some people who are detractors of the Libertarian Party try to claim. Right. So, like, I still see, I still see people make tweets on Twitter, like, "Have you ever met a female libertarian?" Because they literally don't think that they exist. Right. No, it's. I guess well, I, some people come out there and think that this is just the the hairy dudes that hang around in college and the play video beers. games and yeah. Well, I'm kind of getting there myself right now, but uh huh. Got to get myself a little up. trim there. Uh, let's talk about Merrick Garland for a sec, because this was the other story that time forgot because we got buried up in the drone strike and CPAC and everything else here. So Merrick Garland um, went through and he faced mm -hmm. questioning for this. Now, it looks like he is going to have the votes to pass, so he is going to be the attorney general, which is interesting because he said on the stand that he is going to be going after the white supremacists who stormed the Capitol which that right there should have been disqualifying because he's not being America's prosecutor. He's being Joe Biden's wingman, essentially, at that point. Right. Not that I don't think that, you know, these people should be going through and going on an individual basis to see who committed a crime and who didn't. But to go out and make a blanket statement like that should uh, 
definitely disqualify somebody from doing that, but we can't dwell on that too long because he's uh, going to be in. However, I do want to point out a couple of the interviews that he was in that I think were especially egregious with that. Uh, the first one was he was talking about uh, the border crossing and how he felt, and I mean, he was just walking around the issue with this as hard as he possibly could. So let's have a listen to that, if it'll load. There it goes. Talk a little bit more about the law enforcement challenges at the border, which I know a number of other members have brought up with you. Just a, a fundamental question. Do you believe that illegal entry at America's border should remain a crime? Well, I haven't thought about uh, that question. Uh, uh, I just haven't thought about that question. I, I, I think, uh, you know, the, the president has uh, made clear that we are a country of uh, with the borders and with a concern about national security. Um, I don't know of a proposal to uh, decriminalize but still make it uh, unlawful to enter. I just don't know the answer to that question. I haven't thought about it. Um, it will you continue to prosecute un unlawful border crossings? Well, uh, this is, again, a, a question of allocation of resources. Um, um, we will, uh, uh, the department uh, will uh, uh, prevent unlawful um, uh, crossing. Um, I don't know, I, you know, I, I, I have to admit, I just don't know exactly what the conditions are and how this is uh, uh, done. Yeah, we don't have to go too much further into that because it was just another minute of that. Of him being like painfully put on the spot. Yeah, and I can't imagine that Merrick Garland has not thought about that question before. Yeah. Given the fact that he was about to be the Supreme Court nominee just four years prior. I can't believe he hasn't thought about that, but right? he's up there, and of course that was Josh Hawley was the one that was questioning about that because it couldn't be anybody other than Josh Hawley. Yeah. And, you know, I I do understand and respect the fact that you have a difference of opinion at border crossing than I do, but in spite of that, the Attorney General is coming out and saying, I don't know if I'm going to prosecute based on what the law says or based on what my feelings are. Well, he has to prosecute based on what the law says, but the law can be changed by people who have feelings. It makes me think he knows something that we don't. What do you mean? Like, like maybe that Biden intends to sign an executive order or something like that. Okay. Yeah, that, uh, the way you put that, that would make sense because then he would have to go by what his, you know, his little buddy is doing rather than what the, what the loss is. Okay. So yeah, I could see that. Yeah. And now we're going to listen to the second time that somebody brought trans issues into something that doesn't belong in the federal government anyway, but because it's part of the news, we've got to have a listen to this one here. So let's say what he had to say on the trans issue. And it made me sad, but it, uh, it, it reaffirmed my role as a judge. Okay. Um, in my last 20 seconds, I'm going to ask you if you agree with this statement. Uh, allowing, and I'm not suggesting the answer one way or the other, I just want to know what you believe. Allowing biological males to compete in an all-female sport deprives women of the opportunity to participate fully and fairly in sports and is fundamentally unfair to female athletes. 
This is a very difficult societal question that you're asking here. I know what, what underlies it. I know, it. but uh, you're going to be Attorney General. Well, but uh, I, I may not be the one who has to make policy decisions like that, but it's not that I'm adverse to it. Look, I think every human being should be treated with dignity and respect. Um, and I, I, that's an overriding sense of my own character, but an overriding sense of what the law uh, requires. Um, um, this, the particular uh, question of how Title IX applies in schools is one, and in light of the Bostock case, which I know, I know you're very familiar with, is something that I would have to look at um, uh, when I have a chance to do that. I've not had the chance to consider these kinds of issues in my uh, career so far. But I agree that this is a difficult question. Thank you, Judge. Go ahead. He does make a good point. Like, his job is to uphold policy. So mm -hmm. if he is not the person making the policy, then he can't really make a call on whether or not that, that is good policy. Um, and that's another thing that I have an issue with, with these kind of hearings. Like, I don't know, it's difficult because you don't want an activist judge, but then all these hearings are, are them asking him like his personal opinion about things. And I think that's why he's like, I don't want to answer that because my personal opinion shouldn't matter. Right? Like you're a judge, you're trained to be impartial. So you're trained to just be, to go by what the law says. And then you walk into this hearing and they're like, well, what do you think about this? Well, what about this thing? How do you feel about this? And he's just like, I need to look at the precedent. Like mm -hmm. I need to look at what the law says and what the precedent is, because then that will be my, that will shape his opinion rather than just, oh, well, I don't like that. You know, it's not a, being a judge isn't about having a personal opinion. It's about interpreting the law. Right. And so in that way, I can see why he answered the question the way that he did. Because he said, I'm not the policymaker. I'm not the lawmaker. And of course, we go back with the uh, the full end of this, that this person should not be. I mean, nothing out of the federal government should be making that determination to begin with. Right. I mean, if you look at who uses the bathroom, that should be. I mean, for a public building, that should be at the municipality level, and at the for a private building, that should be at the discretion of the owners, if anybody gives a fuck at all. Right. I think most people don't. But I look at something like this, and I see a campaign Welcome ad. Back to the big Sunday and show. I see an auto-playing uh, Fox News video again. Shocking. So that's what we see from this. And like they said, it looks like, because uh, McConnell said he's going to get on board with this, it does look like Merrick Garland is going to be the AG, which... Makes me all kinds of nervous in and of itself. But that's what we have to say. But in other news coming off of this, on the other side of this, we talked about this and you didn't seem to know what was going on with this, but a second aide now has come forward and accused Andrew Cuomo of sexual harassment. <gasps> no, he would never. The 25-year-old former aide alleges Cuomo asked her if she ever had sex with older men, according to The Blaze. Um... A second woman has come forward. Charlotte Bennett told the New York Times, a former newspaper, that the Democratic governor of New York asked her inappropriate questions about her sex life. Um, she states, I understand the governor wanted to sleep with me, and I felt horribly uncomfortable and scared, Bennett told the New York Times. And I was wondering how I was going to get out of it, and I assumed it was the end of my job. The way he was yeah. repeating, you were raped and abused and attacked and assaulted and betrayed over and over again while looking at me directly in the eyes was something out of a horror movie. Bennett wrote in a text message to a friend. It was like he was testing me. 
That's insane. Uh, let's see. Another time, while she was alone in Cuomo's office, after being asked to take dictation, the governor allegedly asked intimate questions about her personal life. Bennett alleges that Cuomo asked her if she was romantically involved with someone, if she was monogamous in her relationships, and if she ever had sex with older men. She claims that Cuomo told her he was lonely and wanted a girlfriend, preferably in the Albany area. Uh, oh my God. He asked me if I believed age made a difference in relationships, and he also asked me in the same conversation if I'd ever been with an older man. Bennett told the New York Times would publish, uh, publish the interview on Saturday night. Bennett alleges that he noted that he's fine with anyone above the age of 22. What? Bennett alleges that he noted that he's fine with anybody above the age of 22. Oh my god. Which, to be fair, I am too, but I'm a hell of a lot closer to 22 than he is. Yeah, just a bit. What is he, like 50-something? Yeah, and he's not attractive either. Like, he's no George Clooney. <sighs> oh, that's the other one I should have loaded in, because did you see the tweet that I put out yesterday? I don't think so. I, you've... I'm asking you if you've seen a movie. I looked up, I looked at that and I said, how could uh, New York elect the villain, the antagonist from The Mask and wonder <laughs> why they're getting corruption? Right. Because when, the, when uh, Dorian puts the mask on, he looks like Cuomo. Oh my God. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking about it now, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Ron says someone someone on Matt and Blonde suggested that maybe they're trying to remove him for sexual improprieties before he's removed for causing COVID deaths. Yeah, he said that this morning too, and actually, I, that that could be right. Yeah, it, it would take the heat off of him for that, and then they could always prosecute for the other thing later. But and then it would end up being like a footnote mm -hmm. instead of like a major news story. Well, speaking of major news stories. In addition to this one here, this video surfaced of Cuomo telling a reporter to eat the whole sausage. Ugh! Uh, Gross. Feel the same way, too. Will you eat the whole sandwich? I will eat the whole sandwich. Yeah? Okay. Who made sausage? I can eat the whole sandwich. It wasn't like this 15, 20 years ago. It was when Rick Lesnar did Oh, thank you. Thank you. I don't know if I eat the whole sausage in front of you, but I'm definitely going to eat it. No excuses. Oh. You know everyone, you know the county executive? I do. Now you're going to know me in a whole different level. God, he's so cringy. <laughs> uh. I probably would have thrown it in his face. Um, he's sitting there next to his daughter, who looks painfully uncomfortable, too. With all uh, that. Yeah, I would, too. So... No. Yeah, that's that's what Cuomo's going through, and now Letitia James is looking into that in addition to uh, what went on with the nursing home. So we'll probably have a decision coming from that uh, fairly soon. Uh-huh. All right. I had one more, I thought. 
Do I have one more or do I not? I don't know. I don't, well, yeah, we've got the detention centers. So we can talk just a bit about that. They're not cages. Let me get the article up here. Because uh, the Honorable and Venerable Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez de Twitch decided that she needed to uh, weigh in on this as well. Um, but uh, according to Axios this week, uh, hundreds of kids held in border patrol stations. Uh, this is from Steph W. Kite. More than 700 children who crossed from Mexico to the U.S. without their parents were in border patrol custody as of Sunday according to an internal customs and border protection document obtained by Axios. Now, this was last Sunday, of course. Uh, the current backup is yet another sign of the brewing crisis for President Biden and a worsening dilemma for those vulnerable children. Biden is finding it's easier to talk about pre uh, preventing warehousing kids at the southern border than solving the problem. Making matters worse, border crossings usually peak in the spring, and it's only February, so there could possibly be some more off of this here. Mm -hmm. um, nine children have been detained for longer than the agreed-upon 72 hours, according to an internal document. But don't worry, they're not cages. Yeah, they're not cages. No, nope, totally not. Uh, CPB is saying we have a couple of options. We can either send them back home, we can quickly transfer them from CPB to HHS-run facilities, or we can put them with families and sponsors without any vetting. Uh, this was from Jen Pisaki, who had... This to say, let me get that one up here because I loaded that one in too. I forgot about loading the picture of uh, Andy Cuomo in, but I got this one loaded in. Maybe. There it goes. This is not kids being kept in cages. This is, this is kids. This is a facility that was opened that's going to follow the same standards as other HHS facilities. This is not kids. So that's that's what it is. It's they're following the same standards as other HHS facilities. Meaning what? What other HHS facilities? She didn't like say. Migrant facilities or like. What is she talking about? That doesn't make any sense. It was a. It what was other a facilities do they have? Well, it looks like they put up uh, basically storage facilities almost. Yeah, they kind of look like mini trailers. Yeah. Which is better than those giant warehouses that just had, like, what looked like dog kennels in them. Yeah. Of course, we don't know what they look like inside. I would hope they would have, like, a bed and a couch and maybe a TV or something. Well, I mean, that... these, are, these, are, these are kids that have crossed the border without their parents. Yeah. Like, that's already traumatizing enough. They don't need to be further traumatized. It's also not a good idea to place them with people that have not been vetted. Because we see how well that works out in the foster care system. It doesn't. Yes. And uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez decided that she needed to weigh, on, weigh in on this. Uh, according to The Hill, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez criticized President Biden's administration on Tuesday for opening a migrant facility for children. Cortez tweets, This is not okay. Never has been okay. Never will be okay. No matter the administration or party. What the hell? What accent is that? It's kind of a mix between Mexican and Puerto Rican. She's not a... She's from Brooklyn. I know. That doesn't even make I any sense. I still have fun with it. Uh, the facility is located in Carrizo Springs, Texas, and will be used to hold children's age 13 to 17. The facility is capable of holding up to 700 migrant children. 
This only two months into this admin and our fraught unjust immigration system will not transform Stop. in that time. That is ridiculous. I stand by it. No. I don't. Chilaga sometimes laughs when I say when I do that accent with her and I say I poppy. That's creepy. It's life. <laughs> what's your without looking at the accent though, what's the uh what's your take on the content of it though and what she's saying with this? I couldn't focus on the content because I was so focused on you not sounding like her. Well, I mean, with this, we're looking at the fact, and I still have the video up, by the way. Um, we're looking at the fact, I mean, she has been actually surprisingly consistent with this. For somebody oh, yeah. who was looking in and turning, ready to jump in line with whatever the neo-libs said because it was going to bring her into power, she's been very consistent about this, and I'm happy about that. I mean, she's been consistently wrong about some of the things, but she's been surprisingly consistent about this. Yeah, I mean... But in this case, it's like, if they're crossing the border without their parents, what are you supposed to do with them? Like, are they crossing the border without their parents because they're coming to other family members that are here waiting on them? If that's the case, just release them to their family members after verifying that those are their actual family members. Which that's the hard part of this is making the verification. Mm -hmm. That I can respect and understand out of them that they're trying to, instead of just coming, somebody come up and saying, oh yeah, no, nah, that's my nephew. They're actually going in and trying to make sure that that is, in fact, the person's nephew. Right. Yeah, and that should have been happening all along, and I think it was. Um, but honestly, all the pictures that we've seen of those other facilities on the inside, like, those were not acceptable. No. At all. Not at all. They literally were dog, dog kennel fencing on concrete floors. And I don't know, I, I don't know why, but people on the right just kept repeating the same talking point well they're criminals well they're criminals they are children one of the things that i want to point out and this has been something that i've understood to be i've never went and toured the facilities like aoc did i didn't i've never hung on to a chain link fence and looked over into an empty parking lot in a four thousand dollar suit but from what i understand the one that they were showing us in the news was an outlier that most of them did seem like most day, uh, like a maybe less fancy daycare center with they actually had schooling and stuff inside of there. Now I can't confirm that. I don't know if that's true or not, but from reports that I've been told, that one with the with the warehouse and the cages was an outlier. I'd be interested system. to see what Harvey had to say about it if she knew anything, because we've talked to her about immigration before. That that would be an interesting one. I'll reach out to her um, after the show and see if mm -hmm. she knows anything about that. Well, I got one more here for you. This has nothing to do with immigration or Garland or Cuomo or anything else fun here. So you remember? It's not fun. You promised me fun. This this is fun. I was promised fun. Damn it. So you remember how Illinois wants to defund their police and how they thought that there wouldn't be an increase in crime over this? Well, it seems that there was an increase in crime, especially carjackings, and I think they figured out why there was an increase here. So, reading out of Fox 32 Chicago today, Illinois lawmakers want to ban Grand Theft Auto amid spike in carjackings. Oh, let's ban something that's already illegal, because that's no, super no, effective. No, no, not, not the crime, the video game. Oh, okay. I thought they were trying to ban the crime that was already occurring, and I no, was like... 
what the hell? This is your surprise stupidity for the day. So people have been saying for months that teens are running around Chicago and carjacking motorists like it's a video game. No, but it's now... Chicago. That's what they do for fun. <laughs> they don't tip cows. There are no cows to tip. They just knock over cars. But now local lawmakers are doubling down on that uh, idea, saying video game Grand Theft Auto should be banned. Some of the carjacking suspects are not even old enough to drive. On Monday, a 16-year-old was charged, and days ago, two 15-year-olds were arrested and charged as well. Philanthropist Early Walker says violent video games like GTA should or could be influencing their young minds. No, I think it's probably more like um, lack of good parenting and their schools being closed and all the places where they could potentially get after school jobs being closed. I mean, they're 15, 16 years old. Like they, they're old enough to get a job. Mm-hmm. So they also have no extracurricular activities. There aren't any sports. They have nothing to do. They're bored. Idle hands make, what, what is it? Idle hands make the devils. Idle hands are the devil's play thing. There you go. So, so you don't think this will work if they do this? You don't think if some no. kids stop playing GTA 5 that they'll just miraculously turn into church-going good citizens Model and they'll stop citizens? stealing cards? No. Uh. No, don't see it. Don't see it happening because they'll just start playing Call of Duty instead. Well, then they'll be soldiers and they'll be just what the GOP is looking for in 10 years. And they'll be that, that inner-city black demographic that the GOP has always wanted. I was trying hard not to go there, but... You know, you're probably right on that one. Hashtag based. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, those things are not correlated, and that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, it is surprise stupidity, so. Tipper Gore tried to make that argument, didn't she? Yes, yes she did, actually. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so we've been through this before, and we know that it's not true, and that it doesn't work, and that rock music is not the devil. It's the satanic panic all over again. <laughs> right. Well, that's what I have. What uh, what are they saying over in the chat here? And then we'll close out of here for the night. Oh, someone asked what the age rating was on GTA. I think it's seventeen. I think it's T. I don't yeah, think T it's MA. I think it's T. Okay. Um. I'll look that up while you're uh, catching up with these guys. Not him said I puppy, and Nail Bender said I'll take five things Ed wishes AOC would say to him for a thousand, Alex. Uh, Elephant Man said that's a dad joke and it achieved its goal to make his daughter uncomfortable I don't think that was a dad joke dad jokes are supposed to be corny not creepy Uh, by the way GTA 5 is rated M for mature so it's only meant for audiences above the age of 17 Okay, which has never stopped anybody anyway I mean, Diablo was related, uh, rated M for Mature, and I started playing that when I was 13. But somebody else had to buy it for you, right? No, my best friend uh, CD burned it. Oh, okay. Um, Elephant Man says Kamala's putting Como in his place so he doesn't primary her. Mm, that's not how that works. No? You she don't can't think? be primaried. Like, the vice president doesn't get a primary. No, he's under the assumption that she's going to be the president by that point. Oh, yeah, no. He can't primary her. They wouldn't run anybody against her. They would just stick her with Pete Buttigieg or somebody like that. Um, Someone asked if New York elections are rigged. I mean, yes. Not in 2020. 
No, everything in 2020 on the election was above board completely, and nothing bad happened. Um, Ron said, you don't want an activist judge, but it should be common sense that having kids born with male muscles competing against girls is not fair. Right. But that was not the question that was asked. Well, yeah, it kind of was. Uh, Damned Man says, at least he's not being asked if he committed any depraved crimes. Argus says, we have morons that become judges. It's true. Uh, Damned Man said, without the illegal migrants, who will who will we hire for cheap labor? Also true. Argus says we have a legal process for immigrating. Should that be, should that legal process be reformed? Absolutely. Well, I mean, to go along with that, I mean, I, I don't mind immigrants. I know that there are a lot of people on the right whose programs I watch, <clears throat> Blonde in the Belly of the Beast, that think that all immigration should just be stopped. And I, I don't agree with that. It's just, mm -mm. let us at least vet you and make sure that you're not some criminal coming over here. Mm -hmm. but still streamline the process so that people aren't trying to do it. Ill so that's easy to do. So you're not waiting for 17 years and yeah, depending exactly. on a lottery system, like yeah, that, that only gives out what 20% of the necessary visas every year. Mm -hmm. And you can just sit there and wait and wait and wait and wait and be in limbo. Like that's part of the problem is that it takes so long. Mm -hmm. So let's say you come here and you've got kids that are, you know, young like three years old six years old something like that and then you wait for 17 years those kids are now adults so what if the government says oh yeah no we're not taking you bye you need to leave those children have now spent their entire lives pretty much their entire remember lives in america and you're just going to kick them out and force them to go back to a country that they came from that they don't even know right and for like, God's sakes, end fucking DACA because these kids are just sitting, and we've talked about this before, but mm -hmm. they're just sitting in immigration limbo. For God's right. sakes. That's got yeah, to be the cruelest form of punishment that you could put on somebody. Right. They can't move on with their lives. They they have a weird employment status. So they might go to school and get a degree in something and then start working. But it's like they always have that hanging over their head like I could be deported. And, you know, how do you how do you incentivize people to do well or do better if they're not even sure they get to stay? Like, that's not, that's not okay. You know? And then, and then we've had um, a few cases where people have come over and been in a situation like that. And then they end up getting separated from a, from their families later in life because they get deported mm -hmm. and they lived here their whole lives. They end up having to go back to a country where, they don't speak the language. They don't know any of the customs. They have no money. They have no way to, to you know, make a living. Right. And their family's back in the United States, and they can't even go back. Like, that's that's cruel. Well, I mean, that I, shouldn't happen. I go with DACA. DACA is the one that pisses me off the most because, I mean, even deportation would be more sympathetic to the DACA kids than leaving them in DACA forever because at least they know. I'm not saying it's right that they should go and have to do that to a country that they, that they've never known. But at least they know that at least they can move on with their lives, like you said. Yeah. I don't want them to be deported, but at least they fucking know. Yeah, they, it, the just needs, it, it does need to be reformed. It needs to be cheaper. 
It needs to be faster. It needs to be more efficient. But when has the government ever done anything that was efficient or quickly? That's just not how government is designed. Mm -hmm. Well, we got new messages and it kicked me all the way back down to the bottom again. I'm back at where you were, so on Ar uh, Argus. Uh, Damned Man says, wait, Candace Owens and Kanye West are the same kind of black? <laughs> yes, pretty much. Uh, we have Ben Wild here. That's a new name in here. And he is a Hyatt customer, and he looks like an undercover narc most days. Um, Alpha Man says, I think they're leaning into the labels the corporate media, uh, media is slinging at them. I don't remember what we were... Oh, yeah, the, the symbolism here. Argus says, I don't think people would have found it if the folks hadn't been calling Trump a Nazi for four years. What do you think on that? I once again, I think they I, would have. Uh, ben Wilde says, I want to run under either the pizza party or the toga party. Well, pizza party might give you uh, get you some wrong friends in D.C. Oh, yeah. Let's not do that. You for a word that I can't say on YouTube. We have a Waffle House caucus in the LP. Do you like Waffle House? I like Waffle House. I've never been to a Waffle House. What? That's a southern thing. They don't have those up here. Oh, my God. You've driven to Florida. Did you not stop at a Waffle House at any time? Oh, my God. We didn't. You're so uncultured. I don't know if there was a Waffle House. Is there a Waffle House in Florida? Yes. Okay. I'll have to ask John the next time. But you also had to drive through either Alabama or Georgia to get to Florida, and there are definitely Waffle Houses in both of those places. Yeah, well, we were hauling ass to try and get there before the uh, Airbnb dudes were uh, closing up shop on us. Before Mario wouldn't let us into the gate. <laughs> um, Ron Helton says Trump doesn't want to stop another party. He just wants to influence or control the GOP. Fact check true. Uh, Dan Van says you might also want to know how bad the food, the servicemen and women and the capital getting is. Let's see who else. God Emperor, His Holiness, Sir Cheeto Jesus. I like that. Oh, now I got kicked down to the bottom, so you want to take over? Oh, sorry, that was my fault. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what those uh, yellow something or other. Uh, Ron asked me if I'd seen Dr. Strangelove. I have not, actually. <laughs> Damned man said, "Impeachment the third, Revenge of the Hillary will be the funniest film." <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, and we are back to where they were laughing at me for missing the Andy's mom's toys joke. Nice. Um, let's see where are we back down here. Uh, <laughs> Nailbender said, "That's where I know you started from." I'll take five things Ed wishes AOC would say to him for a thousand. I could come up with a list of five things. Mm -hmm. uh, the age rating on GTA, we figured that out. Um, Nailbender says it should have a, if you have to be told, don't actually do this, you're not smart enough to play this game, warning on this. Uh, Alpha Man says foosball is the devil. I've seen, I have seen that movie, by the way. 
Uh, Ron says, if, the, if they, DACA kids, haven't committed any felonies while they were here, then they need to give them residency and let them work on taking the naturalization test. Yes, but they can't use them as fodder for the next election if they do that. That's the biggest problem with it. Um, Alpha Man says, illegal immigration would be a problem if all laws were local and there was no welfare state. True. That's fair. Apparently there's a Waffle House in Michigan, which I've only been about 100 feet into Michigan in my life. I got turned around while I stopped at a hotel in uh, Elkhart, Indiana. And wound up going into Michigan for a little ways. That's the furthest I've ever been into Michigan. Yeah, there's... Um... We have Waffle House in Indiana, too. They're just not as... There just aren't as many. Like, in Tennessee, it was like there's a Waffle House at literally every exit. Um, Ron said... Ron agreed with you. Uh, right. I was just about to say, he drove to Florida and didn't stop at any Waffle Houses. Ben says waffles are just pancakes that are ribbed for pleasure. It's true. They come with pockets for your syrup. Um... Nailbender is going to get last word tonight and says Waffle House is far superior to IHOP. How could you not? Yeah, exactly. I have been to IHOP. I do enjoy IHOP quite a bit. Waffle House is better. It's like Greasy Spoon Dive Bar. It's so good. I actually know somebody who's a fan of the show who works at a Waffle House, or worked. He uh, lost his job to the Comic Goof. But he worked at a Waffle House. Waffles. He worked at a Waffle House in Maryland. Yeah, so it's not just a southern thing. Yeah. That's a northern state. All right. All right. On the Waffle House note, let's get out of here. All right. Start now. So I do want to thank everybody who came by and hung out with us tonight, kept us honest, kept us on point, and laughed at me for my love and lust for AOC and the weird racist girl. So if you guys want to check this back, or you're just joining us now, want to check back the whole show, it will process over on YouTube. You can find it over there that is linked in most of the descriptions, or you can find it over on bitshoot.com, linked in the description as well. Or if you want to take us on the go, you can find us over on the audio platforms, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. And make sure you go in and check those out if you want, because you can go over and find bonus content that you will not find on any of the programs anywhere. Somebody decided to pound a nail into something up above me, I see, while we're doing the outro here. But you can go out and find other various interviews that we have done. Those I put only on the audio platform. So, And coming up here will be one that Elaine just did with the Generational Gap that had a little bit of a juicy bit towards the end of it there. I was uh, quite entertained to see that. But you can't see that on YouTube, on our channels anywhere. So go and check that out as well. Lastly, you can go and find and support us over on freedomscoop.com. Pardon our dust, we are still under construction. But throw that bookmark down to make sure you check out our friends over at the Generational Gap, the Freckles and Brit Show, the Breakdown with Birkenhoff, the Daily Ignoramus, and the R-Rated Conservative, three of which we'll be transmitting yet tonight here, so go and check them out as well. And lastly, never take the words of bloggers, podcasters, or journalists as gospel. Find all the facts and draw your own conclusions. Elaine, lead them out for the night, please. Have a great week. We will see you next week. I am probably not going to be doing Rogue History because I can't live stream, but I'm going to try to record it for you guys and post it on Facebook. Uh, that is normally on Thursday. It'll, it would have been normally on Thursday at 7.30, um, but we'll just find a workaround. So keep an eye out for that. That will be on the Facebook page. And all of my links are in the description if you want to follow me on any other platform. What was your topic this week? Um, it's a surprise. I never tell ahead of time. All right. Well, 
guys. Have a good night. Take care.